Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Training Unleashed. We're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Uh, first, before we get started, of course, I want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. Without you, I wouldn't have a show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about crisis. We're going to be talking with John Robinson of Fort Log Services. He is the founder and uh, I think the CEO. Um, John, I don't normally like read something verbatim, but I'm going to read this um, verbatim. And my question to you is going to be, what in the world does this mean? Uh, which I think will be a good stepping off point. And, and not not because it's difficult to understand. John John built his service with a focus on encouragement based <laughs> approach, resolving root causes, as opposed to treating crisis and transformation in the workplace systematically, as often is the practice. So, John, what what do you, what do you mean by that point? So, I don't know, Evan, if you remember the old circus or fair game called Whack a Mole. Oh, sure. One okay. of my favorites. Well, you and me both. But what happens in many organizations is we play whack-a-mole. So when an issue arises, somebody jumps on it and whacks it. And then it goes away and it pops up somewhere else. One of the things that happens is in order to keep people engaged or keep heads in the game or whatever you want me to describe it as, what's the system so that when an issue pops up, raises its head, we don't react to that mole raising its head. We talk about, okay, what's going on that this has become an issue? And so the root of it. <clears throat> so if I was going to take your analogy of whack a mo if I really wanted to stop them from coming up, instead of hitting them, I'd unplug the, unplug the game. And I mean, a perfect example is a woman that I was just working with, a leader, and not maybe not C-suite, but B++ suite. And she and I got chatting and some of the things that kept popping up in her workplace. And I just said, I'm going to call her Suzanne. But Suzanne, one and one equals three here. We're missing something in your approach. What are you not telling me? And yo, no, it's fine. I'll work on this. And okay, but one on one equals three. And Evan, I just got one of those huge psychological Charlie horses yesterday because I was talking with her supervisor when I the expression is I got ghosted. And I said, like, what's going on with Suzanne? John, has somebody told you? No. Told me what? She was diagnosed with cancer and 10 days later, she was dead. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like, and you know, and I was kind of like, I did not see that one coming at all. And one of the things that's happening in the workplace is, and Evan, if you're like 99% of us, you know, people who are battling cancer right now. So when their performance pops up as an issue in the workplace, stop banging on the performance mole and saying, okay, 
you know, Evan, you were a great performer. Something's changed. What's going on? And if I'm not the right person to talk with, I'm fine with that. But let's get you the right coach who's not going to tell you to skate it off, walk it off. The Charlie horse doesn't hurt. Root and it's encouragement because it's not fixing. And Evan, I can guarantee you because you're, I'm going to take a guess that you're a couple days over 21. <laughs> is we've all had those people who, you know, John, what you need to know. Oh, thank you. I would never have known that had you not told me. <laughs> and an encouragement is so lacking because it takes time. Yeah, it does. It does. I, I'm frustrated at the moment because I have two questions I'm dying to ask you. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but let's stick with the encouragement because I think this is sort of the heart of, of where, where you're at. Um, and you're really, you know, a lot of what you're about is well-being in the workplace. 100%. And so talk a little bit about how encouragement has such an impact uh, in the workplace and maybe a little bit of why people don't give encouragement the way they ought to be. Hmm. So <clears throat> I'm going to go in reverse order. So go right why, ahead. That's, why you're, the, you're the guest. Nah, why we don't do encouragement is because it forces me as the leader, as a friend, as another human being to do two things. One, be authentic, genuine, transparent. You know all the buzzwords out there right now. Sure. And, and that means time. Because, you know, people don't trust people. We don't know. That's just a fact. But the second part of that is when we're talking about encouragement, it, it means E-N, the prefix, means to instill. So encourage means to instill courage. And therefore, having that conversation with the person to say, so what are you doing that takes courage? Because I want to encourage. Otherwise, we're just praising people, Evan. You know, good boy, good girl. You're wonderful. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. There are certain things that we are going to be really good at and passionate about. Flip side, there are certain things like you do not want me to do your financial, your books. I, I, I am beyond horrific at that I because there's way too much detail on the other hand encouragement always goes with appreciation and that so, me go ahead no what what I'm hearing you say is encouragement is authentic uh, that yes. encourage in in authentic encouragement isn't in fact encouragement because it comes off as being inauthentic. That's exactly what it is. Well said, a lot shorter than I said it, but yeah, bang on. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the, the premises that I, I make in, in my book on leadership is what I call five to one rule, which is catching people doing something right five times for every yeah. constructive criticism. 
maybe the word encouragement I love because I think it's a more powerful word than, you know, finding something that someone did well. Uh, but, you know, really taking the time makes a difference because when people know you care, then they're going to listen to you when there when there's an issue as opposed to being, you know, defensive. And encouragement builds a culture of positivity. Well, and, and the neat thing about encouragement cultures is we get to laugh when things don't go well, because I know I'm not going to be your scapegoat or your mole, sticking with the same analogy. I know you're, I'm not going to be your whack-a-mole. It's going to be, well, that didn't go according to plans, John. And yeah. we can laugh and say, okay, now, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to learn about? It? And, and I tie it back to a couple of things. But first of all, is if I am more concerned or if a person is more concerned about not being appreciated, valued, and therefore encouraged, we actually, just like parenting, we teach them not to get caught more than we teaching them and encouraging them to do the right thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, parenting is more about avoidance than encouragement. And for some, yes. And <clears throat> just to be transparent with you, I remember having this conversation with our son. Well, dad, I'm not really feeling encouraged by you. Okay. What are you looking for? Well, I just, I don't feel encouraged. Okay. So let me ask you, did what you did, doing what you did, did that take courage? Well, no, not really. Okay. So E-N to instill. So for me to encourage you takes courage. So how am I going to encourage you when you just said it didn't take courage? And his response, Evan, was beautiful. It was, his mom there? <laughs> but, but one of the things that happens is we can actually prune people's courage when we're not encouraging because they might, you know what, Evan, I got this, not a big deal. I'll look after it. But if they're not sure if you are going to value it, appreciate it, recognize it, and encourage it, then you know what? Yeah, I knew that needed to be done or should not have been done, but no, I'm not sticking my neck out for that. Okay. Now I'm going to go back to the question I want, the other question I was debating to ask is if you take this concept of working on root causes, what the right. real problem is versus symptoms. And, and I totally agree with you that most of the time people play whack-a-mole and they see a symptom and they they quickly try to resolve the symptom and they don't dig deep. Yeah. And so how does a company culturally shift into dealing with root causes via encouragement and creating great corporate well-being? That's a compounded question. So I'll let you no, no, dissect it as you need. It, it's not because I'm going to go because I'm a child at heart, childlike, maybe not childish. But <clears throat> one of the things, picture a teeter-totter. Yeah. The fulcrum is the traditional crisis response. How 
leaders and organizations handle a crisis. And the first and most important point about that is the event is never the real crisis. Never. Okay. And most people react to events. And that I'm a big, I'm a big believer in the five whys. Okay. Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's six, but yeah. Um, but anyhow, please, please keep so going. The fulcrum is that traditional crisis response. On one side of the fulcrum, we have the accountability culture, what I call the accountability culture. It's yeah. the P culture. It's the policy, protocol, procedures, performance, and let's not forget paperwork culture. <laughs> On the other side of the teeter-totter is the values culture, not the values on websites and in the brochures, but the values that people really hold dear, the motivational preferences. And I call that the very culture, V-E-R-I. Values which get encouraged, allow people to be responsible or take responsibility, so they take the initiative. And, and in order to shift that culture, Leaders have to answer a very simple question, but it can actually be very challenging. Apart from money, why would somebody want to work for your organization? It's a good question. Well, and when I do career stuff with people and practicing for job interviews and so forth, don't forget, you have the opportunity to ask your question and at the end, make it a values-based question. Apart from money, why would somebody want to work for your organization? And I've had some people who are super quiet, reserved. They love the look of horror, of stress on the interviewer's face. And they've actually had a couple C-suite leaders say, you know what, this is a really good question. Why don't you answer this question? <laughs> and it's like, hold it. There's your problem in a nutshell. Tortle Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. When we answer that question, values answer the motivational preferences. You know, if I want you to trust me and I want you to respect me, then I have to make that decision to say, Evan may not always like me. Well, which value do I want to uphold? Like or trust? And please don't misinterpret that, listeners especially. It's not about one's good or bad, right or wrong. Yeah, They're both good. It's just pecking order, if you will. So I want to take this back to the question I asked. And that that question, and I'll sum, sum it up more briefly, is how do you help an organization recognize what the root cause is versus the symptoms? And First I thought is, your description is a great way to understand what side of the teeter-totter yeah. is the symptom on. But 
I'd like to kind of maybe get to how you go from there to actually seeing, solving, and resolving. Okay, so I apologize because I should have clarified that better. Once, once we get a snapshot of where things are at, and then the leadership has to define the motivation for growing forward, then flush out those values and start to tie them to career management, start to tie them to performance management, start to develop, that, uh, build them around hiring, promoting, and some of those other things. So for example, with leaders, how do people describe you in a non-physical way? How does that fit with our values as an organization? And the problem, Evan, of values is they take time to grow, but it's that business expression to go fast, go slow or something. I can't remember the exact yeah. cliche. And with Crawl, that, walk, run. Okay. And, and there's a few of those, yes. And what happens to shift the organization? It, I love the way William Bridges talks about it in his book, Managing Transition is he uses Moses leaving, leading the Israelites or Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. And Bridges uses the term MBWA, Moses been walking around. And Moses visited the cam family campfires. When a leader is changing the culture, is growing a thriving culture or a place that people want to work, they have to walk around touching in on coffee pots and water coolers or wherever. And, and to your comment, recognizing the five times touch points before anything constructive is offered and reinforcing those values. It becomes strategic and tactical. It's not merely, okay, well, we've done our values work. No, you've identified your values now build them out so careers leadership hiring promotion um, conflict resolution when people make a decision in, when it doesn't go according to plan can you walk me through your thinking how does it reflect the values all of those pieces start to shift change grow that healthy culture um, I really like what you have to say, because in most cases, I think values are marketing words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that I employ in companies that I manage and run is to start off with explaining, you know, for me personally, is to actually sit down with each new hire and review the company's strategic plan talk about the values, why we came up with them, and talk about their role in helping the company achieve the plan and live the values. And then in their performance reviews, I always ask first question in your own words, what is the vision of the company? Second words, second is how do you help contribute to making that happen? And, uh, you know, when I do consulting, I always start off when I interview people and say, in your own words, what is the vision of the company? And, you know, when I do that and I'm interviewing a CEO of the company and they don't have a good answer, <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a sign. 
So well, the, it, absolutely, it's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. So the show is called Training Unleashed, and everyone in that's in training is resonating with what this conversation is. But what I'd love to ask you is, from your experience and advice, what recommendation would you give somebody in the training department or someone oversees the training department so the training department can help with the culture and and create and creating a culture of encouragement and uh, looking for the root causes? First thing that, and this is one of my sweet spots because I love helping them and being of Scottish ancestry, I hate spending money without getting something residual of value. So the, for those of you in that niche, in that role of service, first thing to do is do a triage. Look at the training programs that have been done and what is the residual value? What was the, what was the mole that popped its head that that training was put in place. Second piece, look at the focus, the vision in North America, we call it an end zone, but look at the focus and the vision of the company and the motivational preferences, those values, and say, okay, what are some of the pieces that we are missing to help people take those and run with them? They may not be able to quote them verbatim. I'm not worried about that. Do they get the gist of it? And then when they're interviewing trainers, consultants, whatever we're called, ask them. So help me understand how this supports long-term growth and health. And if the trainer cannot describe the long-term, it's called an ROI, the long-term ROI on the training, then I might encourage you to say this isn't the best training right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's interesting you say that because the training that I think is the most valuable is the hardest to define. And sure that is. is the training on culture, leadership, values, um, because how do you measure and define that ROI. Yet, it's sort of like, you know, a foundation of a building. Without it, you have nothing. That's right. Um, yeah. And and Evan, what you're putting your finger on is that's actually where the people hiring the trainers and the trainers can have a phenomenal discussion. Because we yeah. are able to talk about, well, what's the matter with what is? Why don't you just keep doing what you've always done? And, and if that isn't a solution, which I don't believe it is, but if that isn't a solution, then, okay, why is this training improving our company's culture? That's a value statement. Yeah. So, John, we could talk forever because I'm really enjoying the conversation. Uh, it's clear that you're very bright and understand a lot about company culture and and uh, leadership, et cetera. Could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do and who are your ideal customers? So first of all, my name is John Robertson, president and CEO of Fort Lock Services. However, I've been doing this for about 30 years and 
Evan, I don't know if you've ever listened, uh, lived in a small town, but we did, and we had a brutal accident in a small town, and it was one of those families, he was chief of staff at the local hospital, he called me and he said, I need your help, I need you to talk to nurses, come and talk to nurses, and I said, uh, about what, John, it's 20 minutes from your house to the hospital, that gives you 19 to figure that out, click. And in a small town, if you're not going, we're moving. And I realized, you know what? I really enjoy helping people transform crisis into the opportunity to grow. Nobody loves crisis. Don't misinterpret me. So what I've done is written a book around transforming crisis into the opportunity to thrive, worked with leaders and cultures and individuals about Okay, what does it mean for you to be passionate? What does it mean for you to know what your values are and thrive? So blending my background of education and a bunch of other check marks after my name, I've been doing it for 30 plus years. And I'd like to say I started when I was 12, but I'd be a right lying. And, and one of the things that I operate from is that values anchored encouragement model to say, I'm not interested in banging on your head to say what went wrong. But when we are in hot water, just like a tea bag, what's inside leaks out. So let's figure that out before we're in hot water so that you can say, I honored what was important and of value to me. And in that context, I'm a husband of one wife, 35 years, three kids, one son-in-law, two COVID grandchildren. And I highly recommend starting with the grandchildren, skip right over the parenting and just enjoy the grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, tell, and, me how, and, tell me how you do that one, John. Yeah, um, no kidding. Eh? And, and so part of my approach is, hence why the domain fortlog.co I use .co because I come alongside people, a colleague, a coach, a collaborator, not a .com, not a .org, not the .co. Yeah. And that's the ethos behind which I serve. I might not be the best person to help you, but I will help you find that person. Interesting. Uh, where'd the name come from, John? Fort, safe place in the frontier. You got to know where you're going. And a log is a journal to sail the seas because there's no point going there alone. That's cool. So, John, I know you have a really cool offer, a very generous offer. Uh, would you please share that with everyone? Uh, I'd love to offer for anyone who's willing to contact me a book. It's uh, Amazon bestseller, Run Toward the Roar, Transforming Crisis into the Opportunity to Thrive. And if you go to the landing page for this podcast, fortlog.co forward slash training unleashed. Let me know. And I'd love to send you a copy of the book that you might be challenged or encouraged. So um, John, because most of the people listening to the show don't. So first up, everyone listening to the show, <clears throat> trainingunleashed.net is our primary website. Okay. And every one of every one of our podcasters, we have a nice write up actually an amazing amount of information on each podcast and information on how to get their offer. Perfect. However, a lot of people are listening on iTunes and we actually have one now called Pick Cherries and iHeart and you name it. 
yeah. and they don't really get the luxury. So if you would share your website uh, again with everyone, that would be great. Fort Log, Fort, safe place in the frontier. A log is a journal to sail the seas. Fortlog.co. And to right. make it really simple, email me, John, J O H N, at fortlog.co. There you go. That's so, even easier. Free book is a great offer. Talking to you is even a better offer. Uh, John, we always end the show with having the guest share one tip. If you had one tip to share, with the audience, what would that one tip be? And you and I were chatting about this. I'm trying to boil it down to one, but people don't, we as humans don't trust people we don't know. Let people know who you are and what's of value to you so that your trust grows. I love that. That's a really inspiring, uh, inspiring uh, uh, tip. It's interesting because for the listeners that don't know, we, we do a pre-show so that we get to know each other and talk and develop a rapport. And we, we both are exhibiting reasons to trust each other yeah. <laughs> during that. So it, your tip is resonates. Uh, John, I want to thank you very much for being a guest. You were terrific. I want to thank... Uh, the audience without you i wouldn't have a show and i truly appreciate uh, our listeners and watchers and of course i want to thank our uh, sponsors c-suite tv and c-suite radio because without you i wouldn't have a show either everyone have a great day and evan i want to express my gratitude to you and your listeners thank you for trusting me enough to add value to you and your listeners so thank you very much true pleasure Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.